Dana White caused sensory overload when he announced three big title fights at UFC 297, 298, and 299 set for the new year. I mean, I'm shocked. Wait to hear the breakdown of these fights and predictions. We got all three for you right here. Next. You're watching the community MMA. What up, what up? This is your boy Crisscross checking in. This is the TC MMA podcast, aka the community MMA. And we got breaking news for you today. Three big title fights. First at UFC 297, Sean Strickland versus Strikus Duplessis. And everybody, calm down. Calm down. We're going to get into this fight and how it affects Hamza Chamayev. We shouldn't be upset. I told you to expect this. It was coming. Make no mistake about it. Also, at UFC 298, you got Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Topuria. Tell me that's not a big fight. My goodness. My goodness. And then 299, Sean O'Malley in the rematch versus Marlon Vera. And that's that's quite shocking because Marlon Vera is ranked like fifth or sixth in a division. So how he got this fight, I don't know, other than the fact that he beat Sean O'Malley head up previously. So that's the way... It broke down today and it caused sensory overload because, you know, my first thought is, oh my gosh, Hamza is not fighting for the title. But I said this was coming. I knew this was coming. I can't be shocked or surprised about it because I knew this was coming, right? Hamza Chamaev is on hold. He's not going to fight until he gets the nose taken care of. The word is he's having surgery. And of course, the hand has got to heal. So during this time, you're going to get another title fight for Sean Strickland, and that's exactly what we have in the rising challenger, Dreykus Duplessis, who was also promised uh, a title fight in his next fight. So what's the UFC going to do when they promise like five guys title fights in their next fight? Right now we got two, and we'll take it. We'll take it. I mean, it's exciting. Dreykus Duplessis has a real chance to capture the belt. And if he can capture the belt, to me, it's a much tougher challenge for Hamza Chamaev rather than fighting Sean Strickland. I think he takes down Sean Strickland easy at will and dominates him. Dreykus Duplessis, not going to be as easy because the guy's a striker. He can land takedowns and go to the ground in his own right. Yeah, Hamza is the best at it in the world. But if he goes up against a guy with decent takedown defense and good striking ability, it's going to be a real challenge. And we might get it. We might get it. But hold on. Dreykus Duplessis has got to win the fight first, right? And just because I'm saying he's good doesn't mean I necessarily believe he's going to beat Sean Strickland. So rather than create a controversy on the show today, let's waste no time. Uh, We're going to get into all three predictions, but this one intrigues me the most. This is the one I'm highly excited about. And now we got a big fight to end the year in December at 296 for the welterweight title. And then in the new year in January at 297, we got the middleweight title on the line. So let's get to... Uh, this fight prediction right now in the middleweight division for the middleweight division title at UFC 297 you got Sean Strickland coming at 28 and 5 taking on Dreykus Duplessis who comes in at 20 and 2 so let's get into this this is going to be a great middleweight title fight anything can happen both guys stand 6'1 they're the same height 
Both guys have a 76-inch reach. Strickland stands right-handed. Duplessis, we know, can switch it up uh, and go righty or lefty at any given time. Now, in terms of activity, that leans slightly towards Duplessis. Nearly seven significant strikes per minute to 5.8 for Sean Strickland. In terms uh, of the takedowns, Sean Strickland gets like one over the course of three rounds, maybe one in a five-round fight. Duplessis can land one on average per round. So advantage goes to Duplessis in both takedowns and significant strikes per minute. Now, Sean Strickland has an 84% takedown defense. That will help here. And he gets those defense situations in terms of you know stopping the takedowns. He's got that lead leg. Always going forward. It's hard for guys to go in. When they go in, they can't get the takedowns. Now he's on a roll, right? He beat Israel Asanya for the belt. He beat Abus Magomedov by KO. Beat Nazaruddin Amevov by decision. But before then, he struggled a little bit. Lost to Jared Cannonier and lost to Alex Pedeta. So it's not like he's unstoppable. He's capable of being beat. And to me, he won't be champion uh, very long. Whether it's this fighter or the next one. He's going to lose eventually. Now Duplessis has a 40% takedown defense, but that won't hurt him too much in this fight. He's coming off several wins in a row, right, against Robert Whitaker by KO. Derek Brunson, KO. He submitted Darren Till and beat Brad Tavares by decision. So this guy wins, right, 20 out of 22 times. And in this matchup, it's real simple to me. You know, I'd love to see Sean Strickland win because I think that'd be an easier matchup for Hamza Chamaya. And you know how I feel about Hamza. But the fact is, is Duplessis is just a better fighter. And since he had the nose surgery, uh, he seems to be breathing better. He looked great in his last fight against Robert Whitaker. Dropped the former champ uh, in the second round by KO. So to me, this is an easy one. He's more active. He lands more takedowns. Uh, and he's highly likely to steal the belt from Sean Strickland. Now, Sean Strickland creates matchup problems for any opponent. But in this one, it's all Duplessis. He's going to take the title, and then it's going to be a much more interesting fight uh, with him taking on the next challenger, which should be Hamza Chamaev if the UFC holds true to his word. But in my opinion, Duplessis wins this fight, likely by KO. Sometime in the third or fourth round, he'll start to tire Strickland down. Could be earlier, but likely a KO by the third or fourth round. Duplessis steals the belt to move to 21-2, and two, middleweight division for the middleweight title at UFC 297. Yeah, this is going to be uh, a problem. It's going to be an absolute... Strickland, make no mistake about it. This fight is going to be a problem for Sean Strickland. Duplessis is for real. Since the nose surgery, he looks like a different fighter. In his last fight, just dominating Robert Whittaker. So I just don't see an avenue for Sean Strickland to win this fight because Duplessis is going to be all over him. You know, the although Sean Strickland confuses his opponents in a similar way that Pereira does. And there's a few other fighters like this with that lead leg snap, kick forward. Keeps guys from rushing in. Keeps guys off balance. Keeps guys at length. Right where Strickland wants him. But Duplessis is not going to have that problem. He's going to get into the face of Sean Strickland and Duplessis is going to finish him. That's just what I think is going to happen. It's a pretty easy one for me. I just think Duplessis is going to is going to tag him several times and then finish him with the ground and pound. And then we get to see a, a world-class matchup between two dominant fighters in Duplessis 
and Hamza Chamayev. And I think that's probably maybe Bo Nickel in a few years, but that's probably the best potential matchup for Hamza. If he can win this fight, I think he starts running through everything after that. And I'm convinced that he will win the fight, but I do think it's the toughest matchup in the world right now for Hamza. And I'm going on record as saying that, you know, he's my favorite fighter. I believe he beats everybody, but this is going to be the toughest matchup if our prediction holds true. Now, as we fast forward to UFC 298, Volkanovski and Topuria, you know Volkanovski fell to Islam pretty quickly in the first round, got KO'd. And how will he respond in this fight? That's going to be the big question, is when guys get KO'd, their next fight doesn't always go too well. So that's a problem for Volkanovski. So let's get into that prediction right now. In the featherweight division for the featherweight division title, you got Alexander the Great Volkanovski coming in at 26 and three dominant in this division, but taking on a good rising challenger in Ilya Topuria, who comes in at 14 and oh. So let's get right into it. Topuria, one inch taller at five is seven, but he's given up two inches in reach to Volkanovsky, 71 to 69. Both guys stand right handed. In terms of activity, it's all Volkanovsky, 6.2 significant strikes per minute to 4.4. In terms of the takedown game, that's Volkanovsky. Uh, Actually, it's very close. It leans Topuria, but both guys land about two takedowns over the course of three rounds. Topuria, though, 92% takedown defense. Volkanovski, 70% takedown defense. So both guys uh, really well-rounded, very close in takedown average. Topuria is going to defend a lot of takedowns here, but even if it stays standing, that still leans uh, toward Volkanovski. Now, Volkanovski has went up to face Islam Mahachev for the belt, right? In the last fight, though, he got KO'd. He got knocked back down to earth in that one, but he took it on late notice. Prior to that, he beat Yair Rodriguez, held on to the belt by KO, lost to Islam Mahachev by decision when he was well-prepared, and beat Max Holloway time and time again by decision. The one thing you see with Volkanovski is he's a high-output guy. He lands a lot of significant strikes, especially in featherweight division fights. Now, Topuri, on the other hand, uh, is undefeated, right? He's 14-0. and Now, he's coming off wins over Josh Emmett decision he submitted Bryce Mitchell that was a big one beat Chai Herbert by KO and Bryce Hall by KO and this is a tough one for me because you want to think in the featherweight division Volkanovski is unstoppable and he is but how will he react how will he come back after being dominated by Islam Mahachev yeah that was a lightweight fight yeah he's going up 10 pounds to 155 but now he's been KO'd he's been brought back down to earth how much will that weigh on a guy's mind. The next fight after you get KO'd is always uh, your toughest fight. And that might be why Sean Strickland fell to Jared Cannonier after getting you know, KO'd by Pereira. So if the doors open for a guy to win the belt in the featherweight division, it's certainly here with Ilya Topuria. But I can't go against Volkanovski. I mean, the guy is still great. He's got it in his name. And as good as Topuria is, and as much as I believe he could snatch the belt here, I'm still rocking with Alexander Volkanovsky. The guy is too good on the feet. Topuri is going to have to break through that takedown defense of 70% by Volkanovsky and land some takedowns and control it that way if he's going to win the fight. He's not going to stand up and strike with Volk. If he does, I have to see it to believe it. So I'm leaning towards Volkanovsky to win this fight, but it's not going to be easy. 48-47, unanimous decision, maybe split decision, but it's going to be three rounds of two on all judges' scorecards. It's going to be that close of a fight. But in my opinion, Volkanovski wins to move to 27-3 here, featherweight division, UFC 298. 
Yeah, so you're going to get a good fight between these two. I mean, Topuri is going to bring it. The guy's no joke. I mean, he's 14-0. He's undefeated. He's running through his opponents. He's finishing his opponents. But then in, you run into a wall, the Great Wall, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. It's hard to go against him until I see him lose. I mean, he's just been too dominant in the division for a guy just to come in as the five or six contender and beat him. But you never know until it happens. And you never know a guy's going to be great until he comes in and snatches the belt. Right? And that's the opportunity here that Topuria has. Is he being rushed into this situation? Would it be better for him to have two or three more fights first? Maybe. By that time, Volk slows down. Topuria is only going to get better. So it's a big question mark in this fight for Topuria, but it's a big opportunity too. And he's got the opportunity to come in and snatch the belt. And it's highly interesting to me. Make no mistake about it. As we fast forward to UFC 299, this is another uh, interesting fight because you get Sugar Sean O'Malley taking on Marlon Chito Vera. And Marlon Vera is like fifth or sixth in the Bantamweight division. But it's because he beat uh, the Sugar Show in the last fight that he's getting the opportunity. So can he get the job done? Is this a bad stylistic matchup for Sean O'Malley? Is Marlon Vera in his head? There's a lot of questions to be answered but if O'Malley wants to be great a bona fide champion he's got to win this fight so let's get into that prediction right now in the Bantamweight division for the Bantamweight division title at UFC 299 you got Sugar Sean O'Malley coming in at 17 at 1 taking on Marlon Chito Vera who comes in at 21 and 8 and it should be noted before we get started in terms of the prediction that the one blemish on Sean O'Malley's resume is Marlon Vera that's why he's getting this opportunity. So we'll see what happens in the rematch. Now, O'Malley stands three inches taller at 5'11". He's got a two-inch reach advantage, and both guys are switch dance fighters. Think about that. That makes it interesting. O'Malley, 7.3 significant strikes per minute compared to 4.4 for uh, Marlon Vera. Takedown game, non-existent for O'Malley and non-existent for Vera. So you're going to get a stand-up strike and affair. And both guys uh, average to good in terms of takedown defense, which means this fight is going to be on the feet, like we saw in one round uh, in the first fight. Now, how did Sean O'Malley get here? He beat Aljamain Sterling and stole the belt. Shocked the world. I mean, let's be honest. Beat him by KO. For that, he beat Piotr Jan uh, by split decision. That guy's always a tough out. Surprised uh, Piotr Jan's losing as much as he uh, does lately. He also beat Raleigh and Pava by KO. He KO'd Chris Moutinho and KO'd Thomas Almeida, but there's still a lot of questions to be answered, and this fight's definitely going to be in Sean O'Malley's head, uh, where he lost to Cheeto Vera last time. Now, Cheeto Vera coming off the win over Pedro Munoz, lost to Corey Sanhagen. That's why it's tough that he gets this fight, but it was a split decision. For that, he beat Dominic Cruz, right? KO. Rob Font, decision. Rob Font was really good back in 2021, 2022. Still good, but even better then. KO'd Frank Yeager and beat Davy Grant. So, Sean O'Malley and Vera last fought in August of 2020, right? And it was a short one-round fight. Marlon Vera led 18 to 10 in significant strikes. O'Malley went down uh, with an injury, but to me, he also got KO'd. I mean, you can make the argument either way. O'Malley was in trouble before the injury anyway. So it makes for an interesting fight. But now O'Malley is the champ. He's going to be talking a lot of trash before this fight. And he's going to back himself into a corner uh, and force himself to come through, you know, 
and back up all the all the talk that's going to go into this fight because there's going to be a lot of talking. And in my opinion, I think he will. I think he's going to back it up. It's a stand-up strike and affair. Eventually, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley uh, will find his way through Marlon Vera, right? O'Malley's going to be around a while. Why is he not fighting Marab Devalich-Feely or someone like this? Because Marlon Vera beat O'Malley. So they want to race O'Malley, uh, Vera to the top and give him a chance and see if O'Malley can respond. Is he a true champion? Because a true champion wins his fight. And that's what O'Malley is. I like O'Malley to win this thing, likely by decision. It's going to go the distance. It's going to be close. But I'm going to say 49, 46, a couple of 48, 47s, uh, something like that. Sean O'Malley gets the win uh, on significant strikes. He'll win three or four rounds to keep the belt and move to 18 and 1, in my opinion. Bantamweight division for the title at UFC 299. Yes, you got another interesting fight there. I mean, all three fights are interesting, but Sean O'Malley has got to win this fight. He's got to be able to overcome the loss to Chito Vera the first time around. And if you can erase that loss, you can't erase it, right? But if you can come back and beat a guy, it pretty much makes O'Malley unstoppable right now and undefeated, right? Because the one guy he lost to, if he can come back and beat him, it basically means no one that he's fought can beat him including Marlon Vera, the one blemish on his record. He can erase it without actually erasing it officially. So a lot at stake for Sean O'Malley, and he's got the tools to get the job done. And there's going to be a lot of trash talking going on in this one. But O'Malley's got to back it up. So those are the three fights we got before us, man. It's really interesting. A crazy day. Sensory overload once again because... You know, you got these three big fights announced and then you got to chew on it for a minute and think about it and say, hey, how are these five and six contenders getting title fights? What's going on here? Why is the Valesvili getting overlooked? Why are all these other featherweights getting overlooked? But there's some big opportunities here. And the fact is, you know, I'm taking Duplessis, the one challenger to win, and I'm taking the other two champions. But again, the fact is all three challengers have the potential uh, to win these titles and take the belt. So it makes for a very, uh, very interesting new year. And before we even get there, we're already on record with three fights. So whatever happens, happens. And if we can just get two out of three of those uh, or these fights, that will be good to start the new year in terms of the main events. But that's how we feel, man. This is what went down today. Dana White uh, causing a storm today, right? Causing the internet to overload because... All three of these fights are huge, and of course, it comes on the cusp of UFC 295 this weekend. Uh, in the big fights, there, light heavyweight title on the line, and the welterweight title on the line. So you got the the meat of the UFC, right? Welterweight, middleweight, light heavyweight title fights all uh, coming over the next three months, and you can't ask for anything better than those title fights. I mean, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. But that's how we see uh, these fights going down. And that's all we got, man. This is your boy, Chris Cross. I hope you have a great day. And God bless, as always. Peace.